Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. We're here uh, today to study the Word of God. The Old Testament that we're studying, the Torah study, uh, is God's divine wisdom. Amen. All Scripture is God's wisdom, beginning in Genesis 1-1. And so hidden in the Bible is the Gospel. Hidden in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and hidden in that box of donuts is uh, the good news. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so uh, today we're in Exodus chapter 10, uh, the Torah study number 15. And uh, in today's study, uh, we find Moses back in a familiar place, standing in front of Mo, uh, uh, Pharaoh, and he... Uh, Utters, he declares the immortal phrase that he says over and over and over again. You might be thinking of exactly of what it is. Let my people go. Amen. We pray that over all the remaining hostages that are being held by Hamas. Let those hostages go. Yeah, so uh, you it's uh, how the... Torah study uh, today opens up in Exodus 10. In verse 3, Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go. And uh, what so often overlooked is that he not only said, let my people go, he also said in the same sentence, so that they may serve me. So that they may serve me. And so this is going to lead us into a study today uh, that I've entitled, How to Fulfill Your God-Given Purpose. Amen. Because when Moses tells Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may serve me, he's essentially saying that I saved and delivered you, Israel, my chosen people, and I've set you free for a specific purpose. I'm calling you out of Egypt. I'm calling you out of slavery. I'm calling you out of this ungodly culture so that you will serve me and fulfill a unique and special purpose. Somebody say purpose. And the good news is what's true for Israel is true for you and I. Once we enter into salvation, we're entering into a covenant agreement. And just like Israel did coming out of Egypt, they entered into a covenant. That's where we get Passover. That's a a covenant ceremony. And we're entering into an agreement with the Lord that basically says, from now on, Lord, my steps, my journey into life is going to be ordered by you. Let my people go that they may serve me. Let my people go so that I can order their steps and that their journey in life will be successful because the steps that my people are taking are ordered by me. I'm helping them take the steps. And the truth of the matter is uh, that anyone who wants to experience the benefits and blessings 
that come with serving the Lord need to understand this very thing. That's the only way they're going to come. We did a skit once in children's ministry uh, back in Portland uh, with Uncle Bub. Uncle Beelzebub. And uh, Steve Livengood, who uh, uh, was my associate, uh, we went to this junkyard. And that was uh, Beelzebub's junkyard. It had all the cars, the you-pull-it thing. And he was dressed up in this funny red suit. <clears throat> and uh, he was Uncle Bub. And like a used car salesman, uh, and of course we're taping all of this and we're going to show it to the kids in children's ministry, but Uncle Bub had a promise. I'm going to show you how you can live like the devil and still make heaven your home. Uncle Bub. How many of you know you can't go on living like the devil and still make heaven your home? It just don't work that way. You didn't get saved. God didn't set you free so you could continue to live like the devil. He's attached with that a divine purpose. Hallelujah. And without divine purpose, without spiritual vision, without a sense of destiny, to carry a person forward in life, you're never going to find true fulfillment and true happiness. Isn't that what everybody's looking for? And like you too saying, they still haven't found what they're looking for because they're looking for love in all the wrong places. Let my people go so that they may serve me. What a declaration! It's a declaration that speaks of purpose. Amen? God is showing us through Israel that without purpose, freedom has very little value. America is the land of the free, home of the brave. Or are we really? We are as long as we're one nation under God, one family under God, will understand freedom and liberty and the blessing that comes with salvation. It also comes with commitment and loyalty and dedication. If a man gives his life to the Lord and receives forgiveness and receives that spiritual freedom, which they do at the altar experience, in that salvation prayer experience, that all happens. But then if he goes on and lives the same way as he lived before Christ, what good is that freedom? What good did that do? If a woman has been saved and set free from the powers of darkness, but uses that freedom to continue to live for herself, if she continues to hurt others and hate others, continues to abuse drugs or waste her life pursuing ungodly things, what value is the freedom? So Moses says to Pharaoh, God tells Moses, you go stand in front of Pharaoh. Believer, you go stand in front of that family curse. Believer, you go stand in front of that sin, that thing that keeps coming back again and again to tempt you and say, I have been set free by the blood of Jesus and I am going to serve the Lord. Nothing's going to change that ever. That's my divine purpose. So true freedom is only experienced when it includes a sense of purpose. And we're talking about spiritual things now. Everything that happened to Israel is leading up, uh, that led up to the Exodus, happened for a spiritual reason. It's so that God could take them out of sin, out of a culture of immorality, 
and take them on a journey to learn how to be God's chosen people. You are a holy nation, a righteous people. You are called by God out of darkness and into the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's what is happening to Israel this week in this study. He's, uh, they don't realize the whole deal yet, right? God doesn't show us everything about our purpose all at once. But they're on a, their way now to be built into a nation that will be the light of the world. You will be a light to the Gentile nations. I'm going to give you divine principles, divine commandments. You are going to be a law and order nation that all these other nations led by their own different Pharaoh can see and realize this is how you do it. Prototype. Amen. And if you think about it, they've been doing that for 4,000 years. That's a nice track record. I've been serving the Lord for 40 years. Israel's been serving the Lord for 4,000 years. Good track record, 40 years. But 4,000, that's pretty impressive. God bless Israel. Amen. And the Christian world has been doing it for 2,000 years. We've had some ups and downs there. <laughs> so Israel coming out of Egypt is the ideal example for us today. And the apostle uh, Peter knew this. Peter, the fisherman. Simon, the rock. And he writes in one of his letters, you can turn over to 1 Peter 2. In 1 Peter 2.9, he says what I just alluded to. He's reminding people, Jew and Gentile alike, that believe in Messiah, that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's possession. Your purpose is to announce the virtuous deeds of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. There's a mission statement. What is my purpose? 1 Peter 2.9. Start there. Thank you, Lord. You have chosen me. You called me. You're anointing me. You've appointed me as a royal priest. You've made me a part of a holy family, a holy nation. I am your treasured possession. And you have instilled in me a purpose to tell somebody. If you see something, <laughs> say something. And obviously, you could go through chapter after chapter in the Bible and find scriptures that have purpose, that you can embrace and adapt into your own life, something that will inspire you and motivate you to keep on keeping on, or as Eddie Kendricks once said, to keep on trucking. Amen? Amen? And it's all based on we're saved for a reason. There's a purpose. Let my people go so that they may serve me. That's what a new beginning is all about, right? Amen. That's what being a new creation is all about, right? After your altar call experience... There's a lifelong journey. I'm 40 years into the journey. And I watched some of Jeremiah Johnson last night, the old uh, Jeremiah Johnson, Robert Redford movie. It feels like far. 
it's been a good journey. Yeah, it's had its ups and downs. Thank God, more ups than downs. And the further you get into living out your purpose, the fewer downs you have. Because even if the devil who acts like he's a roaring lion, he forgets that Jesus pulled out his teeth and declawed and defanged him. You know how to take care of that business. And though I may be seemingly walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Got to tell myself that loudly. Tell yourself that loudly sometimes. Amen. We're saved to make the Lord the center of our lives. After 40 years, Scott, was it worth it? You better believe it. And it's going to be even more worth it when the rapture happens and I'm standing in line with you at the pearly gates. <laughs> you go this way, you get in that line, wicked servant. Go. And you, my faithful one, that's been taking care of Father's business all this time, God, get in the good line. You stand over there where the trap door opens. <laughs> fell, fell for Uncle Bub's lie, did you? Thought you could live like the devil and still have a mansion in heaven. Are you pursuing the Lord with all your heart and soul? You got to be. You don't get up and 30 degrees out and it's freezing cold and you make your way in early unless you're on a quest. I'm like the Blues Brothers. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> and the more you invest in that mission the more you're going to discover how awesome that mission really is. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 5. This is a cool scripture that talks about purpose. This is the NIV version that the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters. But one who has insight draws them out. Amen? And so this is teaching us that our divine destiny has been hidden deep within our heart. And this Christian adventure that we're on includes discovering what that purpose is. And if we're ever going to discover more and more and more and more of God's divine purpose and destiny for our lives, it requires that we develop some spiritual qualities. One who has insight, one who has wisdom, one who has discernment. One who has sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. One who understands the Bible, the Word, the principles. They, they've been developing a deeper understanding. That that's what's going to draw out the purposes and destiny of God. So these qualities, I mean, there's lots of lists in the Bible at the top probably is faithfulness. God cares more about your availability than he does your ability. I read somewhere in the Bible, we'll get to it, that God used a donkey to impart vision. <laughs> Another word for a donkey is a jack something, jack and jill. <laughs> if he can use a jack and jill to communicate vision, he can surely communicate vision to you. Amen. 
but you need to be you need to be one that uh, you need to you need to be one that gets a TED award. T E D a TED award. You know what the TED award is? There every day. That comes from Coach Jim Harbaugh, and world or uh, national champion Michigan Wolverines. My team. Coach Harbaugh was at the March for Life in Washington, D.C. on Friday, standing for life, the sanctity of life. And in his football program, he gives out TED Awards to his players, the players that are there every day. How many of you know that you qualify for a TED award because you keep showing up. Your availability is even more important than your ability. And that's what draws this thing out in your life. The purposes of God are drawn out. When you're seeking a deeper level of knowledge and wisdom and discernment. Amen? The challenge seems to be that we're driven by the demands of life. The cares of this world. Our time seems to be occupied pursuing activities that never develop the spiritual nature. Now I know I'm speaking to the choir here. Those other guys out there somewhere aren't seeking first the kingdom of God. You see the problem? People come, they want somebody like Pastor Larry to pray for them and make everything go away with one prayer. It took you 10 years to get yourself into this mess, young lady. One 30-second prayer ain't going to change it. It's the start of change, I'll grant you that. But until you get your priorities in order, you're going to be out of order. <laughs> and Christians don't want to hear that anymore. I don't want that kind of counseling. I want you to give me band-aids and happy juice. Patch me up. Tell me everything's going to be okay. Yeah, and, and so, of course, it's frustrating because the dots don't connect. And it's not God's fault. It's not even the devil's fault. Stop blaming everything on the devil. Here's how Paul says it. Paul taught on this in Romans 8. Go over to Romans 8, verse 5. Romans 8, 5. Those who live as their human nature tells them to have their minds controlled by what the human nature wants. Dear Lord, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> Burn that sucker too. I know what it's like to be a flesh creature. Just chasing the flesh. Did that for 17 years. I've been to the bottom of every bottle they ever distilled. I snorted it. I smoked it. I drank it for 17 years. Drank my first bottle of Boone's Farm in seventh grade. The whole bottle. I can't believe he drank the whole thing. My buddies, they did, they were puking, and it worked for me. And I was on my way, seventh grade. Took me until 30 years old to come to my prodigal son's senses. Those who live as the human nature tells them to have their minds controlled by what human nature wants. Do you see that? You see what God is showing us? 
Those who live as the Spirit tells them to have their minds controlled by what the Spirit wants. To be controlled by human nature results in death. Why aren't things ever working out? Maybe check on your human nature. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. Oh, thank you, Lord, for life. Eternal life, abundant life, a blessed life, a quality life. Hallelujah. And thank you that in our lives there is shalom, peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. There is a wholeness. There is a fullness, a completeness, a perfection that God is working in us. And it goes on, the scripture, that whole Romans 8 chapter, mind-blowing. But there you have it in a nutshell. If we're spirit-led, spirit-controlled, we're in a good spot. I likes it here. (laughs) If we're led by our lower human nature, uh, not so much. So we're talking about purpose. Let my people go so that they may serve me. That's our purpose, serving the Lord. We make our spiritual life our top priority. When the church doors fly open, we fly in. Yeah. When the alarm rings at 5 o'clock, today I beat the alarm. I was up at 445. Rare to go. Making your spiritual life top priority is a prerequisite. Remember when you enrolled in college and you had to take all these prerequisites? I guess they do that now. You can be a senior in high school and you take college prep courses. Prerequisites. You got to have this before you get that. How many of you like the idea of Christian success? There's some prerequisites. And their prerequisites are common to everyone, right? Eventually, God's going to show you your unique divine purpose. You may have had a dream like Joseph when he was young. He had a dream that didn't manifest for 20 years, but he had that dream. There's a distinctive purpose unique to you. But before you can walk in the fullness of what God has planned for you, there's prerequisites. Okay? There's just uh, sometimes the cart tries to go before the horse, but it's not meant to work that way. Spiritual priority, putting God first, serving the Lord. I have saved you to serve me. So there's a lot of different directions you could go here, but you could boil it all down to the prerequisite is learning how to love God Love people. Boil it all down. Love God. Love people. And you could throw in a little bit of love God, hate sin. (laughs) That's the heart of the gospel. If If 40 years for me in church didn't teach me how to love God first and love people second, then what was I doing for 40 years? Did I have any empathy for anybody? Do I have any care in my heart and concern for anybody but myself? If I missed that lesson, what what was I doing? What was this freedom in Christ all about? So I could say, Shanda Labippi Mama Rorahanda. The greatest thing we can do according to Jesus himself 
in Mark 12 is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's a lot of loving. That's a whole lot of love. Whole lot of love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And there's teaching deeper truths connected to each of those ways we love the Lord. And then Jesus goes on and said, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. No commandments greater than these. So crucial to understand. This is common to every believer. No one can opt out. No one gets to uh, a get out of jail free card on that one. It's a bottom line issue. It's God's will and God's plan that every believer carry this purpose in their heart. I am going to love God love people. Let my people go so that they may serve me. How do I serve God? I don't know. Love God, love people. And the good news is, is that Romans 5 says that the love of God has been planted in everyone's heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Love just came in. When you ask Jesus into your heart, love came with him. And so now we all have a capacity for a river of love, a river of life to flow out of us. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captive free. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well, splish, splash. This is where divine purpose begins. Can't skip that step. Get to the good stuff. This is the good stuff. (laughs) So each of us, you know, we need to think about this more than once a year. How is the love of God, this agape love, on display through my life? Do I ever visit anybody in the hospital? Do I ever, yeah, do I ever give blood? I don't, I don't do that. Pastor, go ahead and do it. <laughs> primate C, primate don't do. <laughs> I don't want no needle sticking in my arm. I wouldn't shoot heroin, and I'm not letting them put a needle in my arm for blood. <laughs> so love, love God, love people. A common purpose. Another common purpose for every believer is to develop a spiritual appetite to grow more like Christ. To bear spiritual fruit. Galatians 5 is the chapter that explains all of this. Well, there's nothing I have to do. Well, you better rip out Galatians 5 out of your Bible because there's a whole lot in there about what we need to be doing. And in verse 1, Galatians 5.1 says, We have freedom now because Christ has made us free. So stand strong in that freedom and don't go back into slavery again. Now, that doesn't happen by osmosis, breaking news. I mean, there's some effort that needs to go into learning how to stand strong in freedom. There's a lot of fighting the good fight of faith, resisting temptation, so that we don't go back into slavery again. And the only way really to stand strong is to become strong. We need to be strong in the Lord. Say that, I am strong in the Lord. 
Salvation and sin just don't mix. When Israel came out of Egypt, the Lord took them on a 50-day journey to learn how to love God and hate sin. 50 days of impartation. 50 days of downloading how to love God and hate sin. It was a 50-day journey of transformation. And it took them to Mount Sinai. And that's where God gave them the Bible. As Paul Harvey once said, the rest of the story. If all you got is John 3.16, hallelujah. But there's a whole lot more in here than John 3.16. And it all applies. The Bible is the manual for living a life of purpose. Amen? And for Christians, the life of purpose has to be rooted and grounded in developing a Spirit-led life. Growing the fruits of the Spirit in our heart, in our soul. Galatians 5.22 says the fruit that the Spirit produces in a person's life is love. Joy. Peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's a whole lot of stuff there. I'm tired just thinking about it. (laughs) But see, you go through that, and suddenly the Spirit-led Christian all of a sudden will open up their heart just a little bit and let God help them assess, how you doing with that, Scotty? What kind of progress you making there, son? (laughs) Praise God. Understanding all of this is how we walk into the blessing that we get in Romans 8.28. All things work together for good for those who love God and who have been called according to His purpose. There's that word purpose. The more we live according to His purposes the more we develop the spiritual basics, the easier it is for the Lord to turn what the devil means for evil into something good. I know that Satan came and tried to use what happened to me to ruin my life and destroy my destiny, but God has turned my mess into a message. God has turned my mess into a message. A message of hope, a message of salvation, a message of deliverance, a message of miracle, breakthrough, power. But prerequisite, seek first the kingdom of God. And then things start working out. I want God to work everything out for me, but I still want to live like the devil. So every believer's general purpose includes bearing spiritual fruit. Make something happen. Make a difference. Amen? And and you can make a difference in your personal spiritual life. That's one way. In your physical life. In your family and relationship life. In your financial life. And in your career and work life. Some major areas, man. If I'm applying God's wisdom and God's will and, and, and God's love and God's vision and God's purposes into these areas, man, that, that leads to a pretty abundant life. 
It opens the door for more divine destiny because God sees the faithfulness. That's my son. That's my daughter. They're TCBing, taking care of business, taking care of business every day. But it takes so much time. It takes so much commitment. It takes so much faith. Yeah. Pick up your cross and get walking. Stop whining and get walking. But you don't know what they did. Get over it. That's what one of the key characteristics of our walk with God is. It's called faith. Faith is speaking the word of God and believing those things that God promised are going to happen. Christians need to remember that Bible faith is never silent. Faith has a voice. Faith has a voice of victory. Yeah, I may be going through something, but my God is a miracle working God. I speak to the mountain. Mountain, move! That's spiritual warfare. The devil just doesn't roll over and play dead. You just don't forget what people did or didn't do for you, what they did to you or didn't do for you. Yeah, they, they messed up, and you got a stain, but the blood of Jesus will turn a stain into something as white as snow. The power of God, the promises of God will lead you into your God-given potential. Amen. Turn and tell somebody, I got potential. <laughs> Look at Psalm 138, 8. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O oh Lord, endures forever. God loves you so much that he is working now and behind the scenes to cause your purpose to come forward. He just needs a partner. Will you take a step of faith? Will you take some more action? Will you get busy doing something else? Do not forsake the work of your hands. See, there's work to do. Isley brother, Isley sister, you got work to do. You got so much work, work, work. Work. The only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. Somebody say amen. So in addition to general purpose, we could go into many more of the general purposes for every believer. The book is full of them. That's why we study to show ourselves approved. The, that's why Reinhard Bonnke told me, the gospel is like soap. It only works when it's applied. And so, in addition to the general, there's the specific. It's your life's calling, your life's work. And even though everyone can have similar spiritual passion for the Lord, uh, your destiny is like your fingerprints. You're one of a kind. Amen? God didn't create anyone else exactly like you. Thank you, Lord. No, 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 no. Your God-given purpose is unique to you. 
But God doesn't reveal everything about your purpose all at one time. He'll give you glimpses from time to time. Maybe, maybe not. Not everybody. There's no guarantee there. It may be, as we referred, it may be just a dream, just a little thought that never goes away. And oftentimes we're unsure how to get there. And this is where the proverb comes into play. Wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get comprehension, understanding. Knowledge is power? Uh, Almost. Knowledge is potential power. Wisdom is knowledge applied. And so as we're faithful, God will bring us more revelation about his plans for your unique life. And God has divine timing. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says to everything there is a season. A time to every purpose under heaven. So, we're taking care of business. We're doing what we know to do. We're working hard at it. We're enjoying the journey. We're developing the fruit of the Spirit. We're loving God. We're loving people. But don't rush out ahead of God. Commit it to prayer. Make sure you know that I, and you can bounce this off of people. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Stop following all your traditions, your human nature, the way mama did it. Unless mama did it right. God, give me discernment to make sure everyone that was teaching me along the way was teaching me right. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And to me, this is why it's vital to bloom where God has planted you. Talking about purpose. Bloom where God has planted you. 1 Corinthians 12 teaches we're all members one body. Christ is the head and we're the body. Each member of the body has a distinctive role to play. And the role that God has you playing today could change depending on how much wisdom, how much faithfulness, how much spiritual quality you're developing, how much spiritual proactivity you are displaying. And so wherever you start, you've started. Hallelujah. And that assignment, holy ground. If you're working in Kid City, that's holy ground to you. You, you, People might look at you like you're just changing diapers, but you know you're not only changing some lives, God is changing your life. So you bloom where you're planted. God planted you in new beginnings, I guess. Yeah, You're not just an anonymous visitor, right? I had a, we had a lady tell us that when we asked her once to serve in Kid Zone. We were running Kid Zone. Oh, I, I can't work. I'm an anonymous visitor. <laughs> well, you, you've been here for two years. She's talking about an anonymous visitor. But see, mindset, right? Human nature mindset, not spirit-led mindset. God said in Psalm 92, I will plant you in the house of the Lord and you will flourish. Ephesians 4.1 says, walk worthy of the calling. And as you walk the walk, be sensitive. Because there's opportunities, opportunities to bloom. 
Amen. So get busy blooming, you blooming onion. <laughs> get busy making a difference. And as part of the process, this is the last thing I'll share. Pay attention to your inner woman, your inner man. Try to understand how God has wired you. Don't try to put in what God left out. Don't try to put in what God left out. In other words, don't try to be somebody else. Scott, you're not T.D. Jakes. Stop trying to be T.D. Jakes. Stop trying to be Larry Huff. Be Scott Sigmund. God will anoint that and you'll do just fine. So here's a couple quick things. What spiritually lights a fire inside of you? What is burning in your heart to do and to accomplish? Number two, what do you do very well at without much effort? It's not a strain. You know how to do it and it just seems easy. Natural strength, natural ability, natural talent. That's there for a reason. Number three, what is unique about you? You have a unique personality. You value unique things. Certain things always catch your eye and you're always wondering, you know, I, I could probably fix that for them. That's a spiritual gifting. Number four, what are your major life experiences? That goes back to God turning your mess into your message. How you help others. God took me out of that situation. And he restored me. And he gave me divine purpose. And what he did for me, he can do for you. Your mess becomes your message. And then number five, what dreams are in your heart that just don't fade away? And all of those things, and there's other things too, it just leads you into more of your purpose, your God-given purpose. Amen? How many of you are glad you have divine purpose? Hey, I'm glad for you. Have a great day. Amen. Be blessed to the Lord and cut loose in praise and worship today. Cut loose.